Well, hello everyone and welcome to this English lesson where uh, you get to ask questions and I try my best to answer them. This is always a fun time for me on a Saturday morning. I do really enjoy this. I missed it last week because last week I took a week off but I am going to continue with that schedule. I will be doing a live question and answer lesson for three Saturdays in a row and then I will take a Saturday off. The Friday morning lessons like what we did yesterday morning, the Friday morning live lessons, I will be doing pretty much every Friday uh barring some other event that prevents me from doing that uh but I do need just to have a little bit of a break every once in a while. So, thank you for giving me a break last week. Um I certainly missed doing the lesson but I also enjoyed my Saturday. Jen and I got many things done around the house and around the farm and we even uh we're able to squeeze in a little bit of grocery shopping. So, it was a very nice Saturday. For those of you who are new here, I'm Bob the Canadian. This is my YouTube channel where I help people learn English. I put a new video out every Tuesday. I do a live lesson on a specific topic every Friday and on Saturday, uh you can ask me a question. I don't always get to all the questions. Sometimes, I only get through 50 or 60 but there will be a form linked by Todd and Dave in the chat. You can use that form to ask a question. A few rules. I sound like a teacher when I say that, don't I? A few rules before we get started. Uh first of all, please uh make sure that you keep the chat in English. I don't mind a tiny bit of friendly conversation in other languages once in a while but the real purpose of the chat is for everyone to practice their English while they're here. So, if you don't find me entertaining, hopefully you find the English chat with other English learners fun for you. Um I just think it's good for everyone if you can practice a little bit of English writing in the chat and a little bit of reading while you're listening to me go on and on. Why don't we get the lesson started though? I'm sure there is a question waiting for me. Let me just double check. Let's see here. Um first question from Frank. So, Frank says, what is way to go? As far as I know, it's a phrase. I don't understand its meaning and if it's used. We say way to go. There's two ways to use it. If I'm watching a sports game, if one of my children uh was playing in a sport and they got the ball, I would say way to go. It basically means that you think the person did something good. At work, if I succeed really well on a project, my my boss might say to me, way to go, Bob. You did a good job on that. You can also use it to give people directions. Um that's the literal meaning. Like, I don't know which way to go to get to the nearest town and you could say, oh, I know the way to go. Take this road, turn left and then right and you'll get there. So, thanks, Frank, for the very first question. I do wanna pop over uh, one sec to the chat just to say hi to Natalia Belgrade, Moto Explore, Brent from American English with this guy is here. By the way, Brent is going to be doing a live English lesson as soon as I'm done. Um so, I'll try to make sure I'm done on time. He's doing a lesson on prepositions. Prepositions are always tricky, eh? That was a really Canadian A there. I don't know if you noticed that. Hi to Anna Bark, Lolly Lolly, Anuwat is here. I know that Rachel Ting is here. Moses is here. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher is also here. Norma, etc., etc. So many people to say hi to. I should stop saying hi and I should start answering questions but hi to Semra as well. I see Semra there. Uh let me get to the next question. Next question is from Mike. Hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? To cough something up (laughs) related to money and to tip somebody off. Thanks. So, um in movies where there are bad guys, sometimes bad guys take money from other people and they'll tell people you need to cough up the money otherwise something bad will happen to you. Um so, if you do watch police television shows or police dramas, you'll see criminals sometimes make other people cough up money. It basically means they need to find the money and give it to someone and when you tip somebody off, um that's also when you tell somebody about something that is happening. If I saw someone doing something illegal, I could go and tell the police. I could tip the police off that somebody was doing something illegal. So, that's what those two mean. Next question is from Marian. Hi again, Bob. What's the meaning of at the ready? And how do you say thin and thing? So, when you're at the ready, 
Um, it means that you are prepared to do something. We often use this to describe soldiers. Um, when there are conflicts between two countries, sometimes soldiers are at the ready in case they have to defend the border. So, they are prepared. So, at the ready simply means to be prepared but we use it mostly with you know soldiers or police officers. People who need to enforce the law are often at the ready. You can also have something at the ready. Like, I have my water at the ready right now just in case I get thirsty. By the way, Miroslav, thanks for the mug. I do use it all the time. Oh, I'm using Jen's mug right now. Sorry. I'm using Jen the Canadian's mug but thanks, Miroslav, if you're watching for those mugs. And then, thin and thing. So, thin has no like, if you think about I have a ring, ring and thing rhyme, okay? But thin, like, I'm trying to lose a bit of weight because I want to be thin. I actually want to be thinner but you can use both of those words but definitely thin and thing. Um I see seven five saying, love you my teacher from YouTube. Thanks seven five for the kind words. Um let's see here. Um a few questions in the chat. Let's try to get those questions into the form but I know sometimes you guys ask each other questions as well. That's fine. Um but I do wanna say hi to Gaming with Jay, to Lean Ode, to Tridge Du, to Dehat, uh to Ayub, to Vikash and Marco and Abdel. Just a little bit of a shout out to all of you in the chat. Thanks for being here everybody. Um if you're new here, there is a subscribe button there. You should click it. It's always a good thing to do. You'll get notified when I make a new English lesson. Uh let's see here. Daniel from Czech. Dear teacher Bob, do you know anything interesting about the Czech Republic? Thank you, Dan. I know this. I know that Canada has really good hockey players and I know that certain parts of the world also produce really good hockey players and sometimes we have to play teams from other countries. So, I know a little bit about that that you guys produce really good hockey players but other than that, uh, I have read the Wikipedia page uh, but I don't know a lot about that part of the world. My dream someday though, Daniel, would be to visit um all different parts of the world including uh your country. That would be really fun uh, to go there. Let's see here. Okay, the next question, Eduardo, is a little tricky. It has sexual overtones. So, I'm gonna skip it but if you ask the question, Eduardo, in the comments later, I will explain it to you but it's a little bit tricky. Ah, let's just answer it. I'll just answer it for you. Hi, Bob. Good morning. My question today is what does it mean or are they getting off on it? I saw that in a short film and I don't understand. Thanks in advance. So, it has sexual overtones but it means to be excited about something. I wouldn't recommend using this phrase. It's very informal. It's somewhat slang but when you say someone is getting off on something, it means they're enjoying it but not in a good way, okay? So, I would leave that as a phrase not required learning for people learning English. So, now you kind of know. You will hear it in TV shows and in movies for sure. Uh let's see here. Next question is from M. Bilal. Question. Would this be an example of a taunt? Hey, your father is a poor man. Yes, that would definitely be a taunt. It would be insulting. It would be rude. It would not be a kind thing to say. And then question two, what is the meaning of getting worked up? So, if you said that to someone, if you said, hey, your father is a poor man, that person might get worked up. It means they're experiencing strong emotions. Probably the emotion of anger. Probably the emotion of annoyance. They would probably get annoyed, aggravated and angry with you. They would get worked up. So, when someone gets worked up, um it means they are getting a little bit upset about something in like an angry way, definitely. Uh let's see here. Next question. Brand says, how can I pronounce how ended and that it <laughs> cheers, Bob. Let me use them in sentences, okay? How'd you do? How'd you do yesterday? So, if someone was in a race yesterday and I was curious about how they did, I could say, hey, how'd you do yesterday? So, you notice I'm saying, how'd you do yesterday? Very much mushing my sounds together. Um and then, let me see. Yeah, I'm trying to think about itted because I don't think I say that a lot. It'd be it'd be nice. Yeah, here we go. It'd be nice if people were kinder to each other. It'd be really nice. 
Wow, that's a weird sounding thing, isn't it? It would be really nice. It'd be nice if people were kind to each other. There you go. Um and that'd be a good thing, okay? That would be a good thing. That'd be a good thing, okay? Um there you go. Uh those are sounds that I make all the time and it's really hard to think of examples of them. Um uh, that'd be a good thing to write down. There, I just used what I get. Uh let's see here. Next question from Athanasios. Hello, teacher Bob. Hello, Ontario. Thanks, Athanasios. By the way, Athanasios, winter is back. It's minus four and it's supposed to snow today. I have to make a a a short video today. It might be snowing while I do. Uh teacher, how do you use the word prolongation in a sentence? Thank you very much. When something goes longer than it needs to, we would say that it's a prolongation. It's a very formal word though and we don't often use it, Athanasios. I would more likely say that something went longer than it was supposed to. I know that's more words but that's definitely what I would say. Uh let me just do an audio check here everybody. Give me a sec. Yeah, there we go. Um yeah, it's an extension of something. Very formal sounding word. Very formal and business like. Um let's see here. Okay, I'm gonna skip the next question. Let me go to the next one. Next question has a bit of yeah, it was just interesting information in it. So, let me skip that one. Let's go to Andrew's question. Andrew's question is, hi, Bob. What was your favorite and least favorite subject when you were at school? Why? Little fix there. My favorite subject, I really liked French. I really liked geography and science as well and I did okay in math. My my least favorite subject in school I had to take music once. That was not a fun subject. I I I am not musical. That was very challenging for me. Um and then I had a class once where I had to do a lot of writing and I like writing now but when I was in high school, I didn't enjoy writing too much. I think it was called writer's craft. That was not an enjoyable class. I had to write seven papers in one semester. That was not a fun class at all. Let's see here. Um Next question. Here we go from Andre. Hello. If weather is not hot and it's not too cold, what is the expression for a middle temperature? We usually just say it's beautiful outside or we say the temperature is just right. Um that means you like it. Maybe you don't like. Maybe you like it hot. (laughs) Then you would say it's a little chilly but if you don't like hot weather and you don't like really cold weather and it's somewhere in the middle, you might say the temperature today is just right. It's just right to go for a walk. The temperature is just right. And then uh head over. You also might say this. You might say, well, it's not too hot and it's not too cold outside today. It's just right. Uh and then head over to your car means go over or go to your car. Which one is formal? Neither are formal. They're both. They're neither formal nor informal. They're just phrases we would use to say we're going to head over to our car. So, I could say after this, I'm gonna head over to my car and I'm gonna check if I left my keys in it. Uh, or I could say after this live stream, I'm going to go over to my car to check if I left my keys in it. So, neither formal nor informal. Just regular phrases, I would say. Uh let's see here. So, Thomas says, when do I have to use either way and anyway? Yeah, this is so either way you go, you will eventually get to the town. If you drive that way, if you go left or right, either way, you'll end up in the town. But listen to this. I would say you will end up in the town anyway, okay? So, it ends up at the end of the sentence and I'm technically, I think, supposed to say anyways. So, slightly different. You can also take the word anyway and separate it and then you can use it the same way. You could say um it doesn't you can go any way that you want and you will get to the town. So, Thomas, I can't explain it very well in a live lesson but they are certainly tricky to get a sense of how to use them correctly. Let's see here. Oh, this is when uh people I I don't like to answer questions like this because people want me to visit their country but Potato says this. Hi, dear teacher Bob. If you could visit any three countries right now, what are they? Little fix there, potato. What are they? Thanks in advance and have a good day. Hmm. What countries would I visit? Well, I'll name two and I'll leave the third one a mystery. So, my number one country that I would like to visit is France. I have only ever been to the airport in France. Uh I really want to visit France because I am a French speaker. 
and I would love to actually go to France and stay for five or six weeks uh, sometime in the future just to kind of absorb the culture and the language and enjoy myself. So, number one is France and then number two is gonna seem silly. Uh, I would just like to go to England. Um I've never been to England and I'm curious to see what it's like and then you did ask for three. So, I think I should say Holland because my family is originally from Holland. My parents and grandparents immigrated to Canada from Holland. So, um there you go. Those are the three. Um but you know seriously, I would love to visit way more countries than that. I would love to visit Brazil. Uh I would love to visit Russia. I would love to visit China. I would love to visit Australia. I shouldn't start naming countries now because people are going to get jealous because they'll want me to visit theirs. Should I just say I'd like to visit all the countries in the world? That would be hard to do but it's a good answer too I think. Uh let's see here. So, more Tiza says, hello again, sir. Thanks for your nice live. No problem. Can you tell me what is the difference between college and university? So, in so, this is different in different parts of the world but in Canada, college is usually the place you go to learn a trade or to learn to do a job. So, if you wanna be a construction worker, you will go to college. If you want to be a bricklayer, you will go to college. If you want to be a nurse or police officer, you'll go to college. So, that's what Canada is. It's like you're training for a very specific job. If you go to university, it's somewhat similar but the courses, it's usually four or five years instead of two or three. So, college is shorter and in a university, you'll study um other topics like philosophy um or like I went to university to become a teacher. If you wanna go become a teacher, you go to university. So, it's kind of different in different parts of the world but in Canada, um university is just a bit longer and it's usually for things like becoming a lawyer, becoming a teacher um and all those kinds of things. So, I think it's different in each country though. So, you kind of have to look at it that way. Uh next question from Olya. Um okay. I'm just gonna say this. Which is correct to say in my sister's house or at my sister's house or on a rainy day and then the last one's wrong. So, I won't say it. So, first of all, you can say in my sister's house or at my sister's house. I could say ah, I left my hat in my sister's house or I left my hat at my sister's house. The second one sounds better but both are correct, okay? Um you could say um I went to my sister's house and we were going to eat outside but we ended up eating in my sister's house. Um I I think at means the location you're going to but in specifically means you were in the house because I could say, oh, I stopped by my sister's and while I was at my sister's house, I talked to her. That doesn't mean I was in her house. I might have been outside her house. So, at is a little more general, I think. Uh and then on a rainy day. Yep. On a rainy day, I just stay inside for sure. Uh and the last one within is not correct. So, I'm not gonna say it out loud. Um let me check my time here. Good. Um Fabio. Fabio says, hi, Bob. What's the difference between the verbs puff and huff? How and when should I use them? Thanks a lot. Well, the only time I can think to use these is if you're reading the story, The Three Little Pigs and then I think the big bad wolf, he huffs and he puffs and he blows their house down or you might be uh reading the story of Puff the Magic Dragon where uh, but we don't use huff and puff very often in English. Let me think about Because you can puff on a cigarette. We might use it then and you can get huffy with someone which means you're getting a bit angry with them but generally not very common words to see Fabio but definitely English words for sure. Um let's see here. I just wanna remind people in the chat. Um I do appreciate kind comments but if you do have a question, please use the form to ask it and I will be honest. The form is links to a spreadsheet and it's getting fairly full. So, we'll see how many questions I can get answered. Um I might not get through all of them and then Brent says huff and puff. Huff and buff. Totally three little pigs. Love it. So, Brent, I think mistakenly used the word buff. (laughs) So, buff is a little different. Uh I think that's either a typo or he's being funny. Maybe both. Uh when you're buff, it means you've worked out 
and like you have really nice muscles and you go to the beach and you just kind of, you know, you, you like to show off that you're buff. It means you're in really, really good physical shape. Sorry, Brett. You made, you made me laugh there. Um, yeah. And buff has another meaning as well. Um, not gonna talk about that one. Let's see here. So, Ruslan. Hi, Ruslan. Hello, dear teacher Bob. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Hope you're good too. Sir, could you advise a TV series to watch for listening skills? Best wishes, sir. You are the best. So, there's two things I would recommend. Number one, any English TV show is good for your English for your listening skills. So, find a show that you are really interested in. I really love watching documentaries. Um so, that's something I would watch. Other people might like watching uh, old episodes of Friends. Some people might like watching some of the NCIS where the the police are investigating things. Certainly, pick a show that is interesting to you because you're you'll tend to watch more episodes of it. The second thing I would recommend is I just highly recommend um reality TV. I don't think it's the best television but it is an excellent way to hear authentic English speech and again, the reason is because when you watch a show like Friends, there's a script that the actors memorize and then they say their lines. When you watch a show like The Amazing Race or Big Brother or Survivor, they're not scripted conversations. They're real conversations even though the show is kind of I don't know. I don't find them that interesting but it's definitely very real conversations happening. So, Amazing Race is great. I don't think they're making episodes right now because of the pandemic but hopefully they will be able to do that again. Um sorry. I just got a little error on the screen. Let me check. Yeah, we're good. Everything's working fine. Uh let me see. Next question is from Ling Yun. When you host a lecture, How can you get started and introduce yourself or introduce the lecture? Could you please give us an example? Thank you, Bob. So, it depends who I'm talking to. If you're talking about my classes at school, I start by saying hi to students as they walk in. If it's a Monday, I might say, oh, I hope you all had a good weekend and generally for me because my classes come one after each other, I'll then remind students of what we just did and I'll explain what we're going to do. If however, I was talking in front of a group of people, if I was asked to speak somewhere and give a lecture, I would probably start by making some a few lighthearted comments. Lighthearted comments are kind of like jokes that are very appropriate. So, not bad jokes. That would be a mistake but I would probably start with some lighthearted comments uh, if I was speaking to people just to get people to like like me a little bit and just settle down and relax a little bit. So, uh let's see here. Um next question is from Amit. Teacher Bob, how to engage kids to learn English? Well, depending on their age, Amit, the first thing I would do is find an English television show that's appropriate for their age. If they're very young children, I would use Peppa Pig excellent television show for kids to learn English and to improve their listening skills and then I would also find books that are appropriate for their age as well and so, even for teenagers or uh, kids who are eight or nine, whatever age, you can always find TV shows and books that are designed to be very interesting for them. That's what I would start with for sure. Um having them watch Bob the Canadian for hours on end probably isn't going to be very exciting for them. Um but uh definitely find things that are age appropriate we would call it. Uh let's see here. So, Bakur says, hello teacher Bob. Please, could you tell me what is the difference between think of and think about? Okay. So, I need to think of an answer. Okay. So, when I say I need to think of an answer, I'm it's I'm looking for a very specific answer, okay? I need to think of an answer before I can give you an answer but if I say let me think about it, that might take longer. It's similar but it's kind of a more general um thinking, I guess um and then let's back up a little bit. When you're talking about a person, I would generally say think about. If I go on a long trip, I often think about Jen. 
um, because I really like her and I'll think about her when I'm on the trip. But you could also say it's good to think of other people. Yeah. It's tricky. They're almost interchangeable back here. You could probably get away with using them interchangeably in some situations and no one would notice. Yeah. That's the more I try to answer that, the trickier it seems for sure. It's an example of when I don't give a very specific answer. Sorry about that. Kizmo says, hi, teacher Bob. Hi, Kizmo. How are you? I'm good. I hope you're doing good too. What is the difference between exception and exemption? Thanks and have a good day. If I make an exception, so from a teacher's perspective, if a student hands something in a day late, I can make an exception for that student and not mark it as late. But an exemption is usually an earned thing. If a student gets a high enough grade, they might have an exemption from taking an exam. So, it's very different. An exception is something someone might grant once or twice. An exemption is when you know if you do certain things, you won't have to do something else. So, the best example I can give is school. When I was younger, if my grade was above 90, I would be given an exemption and I didn't have to do the exam, okay? Whereas an exception would be more something like me saying, oh, I broke my leg so I couldn't finish the project and the teacher might give me an an exception. There we go. Let's see here. Um yeah. So, this is from Annie. Hi, Mr. Bob. How would you say someone has to have some distance from something social or emotional? I heard it with the word shun or shun but I do not know the correct phrase. So, Shunning is something that people do to other people and it's not a nice thing. It's an older word but we do still use it sometimes. We would probably say left out or ignored but when you shun someone, if there's a group of five people and four people do a lot of things together and they never invite the other person, you could say they're shunning that person or that person is shunned. I think what you're talking about though, if someone wants to be away from other people. If someone has friends that aren't nice and they want to spend, we would just say they need some distance or they need some time. So, sometimes in a relationship, uh one of the people in the relationship will say, um I need some space or I need some time or I just need some distance from you, okay? And all those refer to their social or emotional state and their need to be away from that person, okay? So, hopefully that made some sense. Let's go to the next question. Um grammar question next. So, I'm gonna skip that one. Uh let's see here. Um see if I can sort this one out. Chico says, hello, what is the difference between to be exposed or to undergo? So, I'm changing the question a bit, Chico, just so you know. How to use one phrase and to have something in common. Stay healthy. So, when you're exposed to something, it means you were close to it. So, right now with COVID, if you are in the same room as someone who has COVID, we would say that you have been exposed, okay? You've been exposed to it. Um same with um if you work somewhere dangerous that has um bad chemicals or radiation, you can be exposed. It means you were close to it but when you undergo something, that means that something happened to you. Usually, we use this when talking about surgeries. Like I, sometimes people people undergo heart surgery. Sometimes people undergo corrective surgery. Sometimes people undergo certain things in order to get better, okay? So, slightly different. Hopefully, I made some sense there. Uh let's see. Uh, Margaretha says, hi, teacher Bob. I'm just curious if you've ever used any of these words that I found in a British cooking book or cookbook. Crouton, yes. Uh courgette, we definitely, I think we call zucchini courgette. Um mortar, I think that's something, it's a round stone thing that you put spices in and then you you have a mortar and pestle. I don't know which is which though but you use that. Uh no. Caraway, yes. Oat, oat groats. No, we don't have oat groats here. I think that's the outside of the oats. Um Anyways, uh interesting. I do think courgette is a French word and I think it means zucchini. I'll have to double check though. Uh let's see. Next question from Maro. Moro. 
Hi, Bob. Nice to see you. You too. What's the difference between I'll talk about that topic and I'll be talking about that topic. Thanks. It's simply a choice of words or it's just a different way of saying it. In in English when you're speaking, there isn't always just one way to say what you want to say. Sometimes we like to play a bit and be a bit creative and we'll choose slightly different verb tenses but this means exactly the same thing. Today, I'll talk about that topic. Today, I'll be talking about that topic. Um it means exactly the same thing. Yep, for sure. Um and I don't know why we do that. We we just do. So, hey, give me one moment here. I need to make a small change. We need to go to the live chat settings and I'm gonna hit save there. So, right now, I have turned on members only chat. If you are new here, there's a few things you can do to help me keep making good English lessons on this channel. Number one, it's completely free to subscribe to the channel. Please do that. Thumbs up are always awesome. But if you feel that you want to thank me, if you wanna go one level more, there is a join button below where you can help support the channel. You can support the work that I do. Um and so, if you do want to do that, I appreciate it. And I just wanna say thank you to all my members. You guys are awesome. It's always fun to see a new member every once in a while pop up. It makes me happy. So, thank you. Um so, again, if you are a member, you can ask questions directly in the chat right now and I will be incredibly happy to answer them. Let's see here. Let me get another question from the form while we're waiting. So, the first question. Oh, SL Lanka says, hi, Bob. What's the meaning of apocryphal and red herring? Thank you. So, when something's apocryphal, it's like it's like the it's like the end times of the world. Okay. It's kind of a a funny saying. Um let me look up the exact definition so I don't stray too far here. Apocryphal. I don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> it's not a word we use very often. Uh let's see here. Um yeah, interesting. There seems to be a lot of different definitions of it. A statement of doubtful authenticity. Hmm, that's not the definition that I know. I'm gonna skip that one. You guys should look up apocryphal because I think I have a different yeah. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong word here. Let me find one other definition. Sorry to make you wait. Um oh, so resembling the end times. Okay, there you go. So, it can resemble uh the end times. So, by end times, they mean if the world was ending. Um um and then okay, let me just get back to the questions. And then a red herring is like if a if the police are investigating a crime and there's a clue but it's like a clue that's left to kind of lead them in the wrong direction. That would be a red hearing. Let me get to the questions. Brent says, I love the special Wednesday videos. Yes, as members, you also get one extra video a week. It's just a short one. It's usually me just talking about my life. I talk a little faster. Uh, I talk normal speed when I remember to do that. It's a lot of fun. Julia, hi dear teacher. Could you please explain the difference between recently and lately? They are almost the same thing. So, I could say recently, I've been eating food with no sugar in it. Lately, I've been eating food with no sugar in it. That's actually true by the way. Um so, Julia, we use them almost interchangeably all the time. Um it's hard to eat food with no sugar in it. Have any of you ever done that? It's very challenging to find food that doesn't have added sugar. I'm still eating bananas and apples and everything else that has natural sugar but stopped eating the stuff with added sugar. Uh let's see here. Let me go through the questions. Recently and lately, got that one. Semra and Lolly and Julia having a nice conversation. Talking to Brent. Semra saying, thanks. No problem, Semra. Ricardo. Hello, teacher Bob. Have a nice Saturday. Thank you. I hope you have a nice Saturday too. Can you tell me something about retired people? They need to down their life financial. Oh, do they No. Um sorry, I don't mean no. What you wanna ask is, is their quality of life lower or is their financial um quality of life lower? And the answer is usually no in Canada. Generally, people save money for retirement and there is a pension from the government. It's not very much but there is a pension from the government. So, for someone like my mom, when my mom retired, Uh, her quality of life didn't change, okay? She has uh, a fairly nice car. It's seven or eight years old. 
she has a nice small house in the local town where I, um where I work. And so, um no, generally in Canada when you retire and when you're older, you generally have a fairly normal life similar to what you were doing when you were working. Uh Julia, I am good but not very accurate today. Uh Julia, I had that uh, a couple weeks ago. Um I was speaking French with my friend and I could hardly get the right words out. And then uh two days ago, I spoke with my friend again and it was really easy to speak French. It's funny with languages, eh? Uh let's see. Natalia Belgrade. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Natalia. I hope you are doing well. Um how is the situation with the vaccine in Ontario? Could you please explain the difference between the phrases? It struck me and under a great impression. Okay. First of all, the vaccine, we ran out a vaccine two or three weeks ago. Well, not ran out. We didn't have very much. And then just last week and I think a little bit the week before, bigger shipments have come in. So, more and more people every day are getting vaccinated. But I think Canada is not very far along. I don't think we have as many people vaccinated as the United States or Israel or some of the other countries that are in the lead. I think we have about the same number of people vaccinated as most European countries. So, it's here. It's getting better and better every week and hopefully things go well. Um when something strikes you or when it makes an impression on you, I think that's what you're talking about, Natalia. It means that it's something very memorable, okay? So, if I say, oh, it struck me yesterday that people were driving a lot faster, okay? Or you could say, um people were driving a lot faster yesterday and it made an impression on me. It means you remember it really well. Uh Moto Explorer. Hi, teacher Bob. I hope you are doing well. I am. If the contraction with I have is I've, what would I had be? It'd be I'd, okay? So, I've been to I've been to France once but only at the airport and then let's see here. Um the other day, no, yeah, sorry, it's not I'd. I had, I'd is would like I'd rather not. I would rather not. I had fun. I don't think we can track that one, Moto. I don't think we do at all. I had fun the other day. I had a good time. I had too much pizza. (laughs) No, I don't contract that one. So, I apostrophe D is the contraction of I would. Like, oh, I'd love to visit France. I would love to visit France. And I had is just I had. Let me, I'll look that one up though. If you really want an answer, leave a comment. I'll look it up later today. Julia says, I had sugar to my coffee. I used to but I actually started drinking tea recently. That's another change I made. I don't know why. I'm crazy. That's why. Ron says, I want to ask you what is the difference difference between like and have a soft spot for. When you like someone, it just means you like them. Like, I have a friend and I like my friend. He's a nice guy. Um I like my kids. I like my job. It's just a general term for something that you enjoy or a person that you like hanging out with um or people that just in general make you happy. When you have a soft spot for someone, it means that they're a little more special, okay? Um sometimes grandparents have a soft spot for their grandkids and they buy them too much candy. I'm not talking if my in-laws or my mom are watching. I'm not talking about you guys. Um but when you have a soft spot for someone, you like them a little bit more. Um you can have a soft spot for almost anyone in your life. It sometimes can also have a romantic aspect to it. If you say, oh, he has a soft spot for that other girl in class, then it kind of means he likes her or has a crush on her but it doesn't always have to mean that. Uh let's see here. Semra says, I didn't watch Oh, sorry. Summer's talking to Brent. Awesome. Uh Natalia says, enjoy your coffee. Um Brent says, teachers are now eligible for a vaccine in my state now but getting an appointment is nearly impossible. All teachers should be vaccinated by the end of March. That's very cool. I think we're about a month behind the United States because I think I'm eligible to get vaccinated in May. So, that's probably about six, five or six weeks later than Brent. Hey, Daniel Leckman. Welcome to the channel. Thank you for becoming a member. You are awesome. So, thank you for helping to support the work that I do. Um let's see here. And I see other people, Lolly and Semra and Julia welcoming Daniel. Thanks for being welcoming people. That's very nice of you. Um let me get to another question here. Um Ron from Japan. Hi, Ron. 
Hello, Bob. How's it going? I want to ask you which is preferred to use the word improve or brush up on for English native speakers. So, before I started speaking French every week on uh Zoom, I wanted to brush up on my French. Um I would use brush up whenever you want to quickly improve a skill before you start using it again. If I was to go play hockey next week, I might want to put my skates up and br- just brush up a little bit. Uh I might want to brush up my hockey skills. So, I would use that whenever I'm going to use a skill, okay? So, often English speakers, they'll want to brush up a bit before they have an English conversation. But improve is a general term over a long period of time. Like, I speak French every week because I want to improve my French. So, slightly different meanings, I think. Um Mustafa says, what are the tips for the intermediate levels to easily move on to advanced English speaking or speakers, sorry. Hmm. Well, that's a good one. Well, certainly, if you are at an intermediate level in any language, the way forward is to increase the amount of time you spend studying that language and it's also important that you start to spend time doing things you don't normally do in that language. Um so, let's say you you read a lot in English. You watch a few TV shows. Um you talk to someone once a week in English and you write a journal. That's all really, really good. But maybe you don't listen to music. You should start listening to music. Maybe you should find a second person to have English conversations with and instead of talking to one person for an hour a week, talk to two people for half an hour each because talking to two people will bring a different flavor to what you are learning. I think it's the same as training. Whenever you want to get ready for a sport, you have to do things um for exercise that help you get ready. The same would be if you want to get to another level in a language for sure. Uh let's see here. This is from Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. Hi, Bob. How are you? No question. I just want to wish you a nice and wonderful weekend. Thanks, Rod. I wish you and your family the same. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Stay safe, you all. Uh awesome. Thanks, Rod. By the way, I think most of you know this. Rod is also an English teacher. He has a YouTube channel. You should check it out at some point. Um oh, and I did want to mention again, um Brent. So, if you look in the chat and you see American English with this guy, that is Brent. He is a teacher from Maine. He is kind of like my American cousin who could be related to me but isn't but maybe if you go back far enough, who knows. Um he's a really nice guy. He's doing a live lesson at the end of this lesson in about 18 minutes. So, you might want to jump over there if you want to uh continue learning English today. Uh and anyways, thanks Rod too for that comment. Uh let's get to the next one. Anna says, hello, Bob. Could you tell us what is the difference between fake and artificial? For example, fake Christmas tree but artificial island. Thank you very much. So, fake is a very informal almost slang way to talk about something that isn't real, okay? So, you can have a fake Rolex watch. Uh you can have a fake Christmas tree but sometimes we use the word artificial. You wouldn't use the word artificial to talk about a watch. You would say counterfeit but you could say a fake Christmas tree or a fake island or artificial island or artificial Christmas tree. So, it might just be a matter of learning which word to use with which. Fake is a word that's thrown around very easily. We have fake news. You have uh, fake watches. You can buy fake Gucci handbags. You can buy um yeah, fake Christmas trees. Um but uh, there are somewhat more formal terms sometimes that you can use as well. Let's see here. Nazli says, hello, teacher Bob. My question is, what is the difference between approximately and almost? Thank you. So, I am so approximately let me see if how I can say this. Um let's say I'm making a cake and it says to put in approximately one cup of flour. It means I can put in a little less than a cup or a little more than a cup but I need to be fairly close but I need to put in approximately a cup. If I say that the recipe needs almost a cup of flour, it means it's less than a cup, okay? So, you can see the slight difference there. Approximately is like 
oh, I ran approximately five kilometers. I might have run 4.8. I might have run 5.2 kilometers but I ran approximately five kilometers. If I said I ran almost five kilometers, it means I ran 4.8 or 4.9 kilometers, okay? So, there's more to it than that but that's the best description or explanation I can give right now. Uh let's see here. Um a lot of questions in the chat I missed. Let me turn chat off and then I will answer the questions in the chat. Let's do it that way or not turn chat off. Let me let me thank my members. Thank you for being members. If any of you wanna be members, there is a join button below. Let me get to the questions in the chat. Let's see here. Uh Jimaris says or Guy Maris says, hello, Bob. What is your suggestion for learning English by watching movies with subtitles or try to understand without them? Thank you. So, I highly recommend this. If you can watch something twice, if you don't get bored by watching things twice, I would watch it once with the subtitles on. Wait a couple days. Watch it again with the subtitles off. I do that quite often. If I'm watching a French television show because I'm a French learner and it's really hard to understand, I will watch it with the subtitles on and then I'll watch it the next day with the subtitles off. It can be a little boring to watch something twice but it's very, very helpful, uh, Guy Maris. Let's see. Brent says, shouldn't be too long now but I always, oh, I always wear my mask. I think that helps a lot. Yes, that is great, Brent. I have been wearing my mask faithfully. I might start wearing two. Uh Daniel says, I hope you are all staying safe in this pandemic time. I wish the same. Excellent. Thank you, Daniel, for saying that. Um let's see here. Julia talking to Daniel. Daniel's from the Czech Republic. Very cool. Um the uh chat's going too fast now. Let's see. Um Bryce says, dear Bob, my pronunciation sometimes is incorrect but I cannot distinguish the correct pronunciation with my own on my own. Little correction there. Unless my friends tell me. How can I correct my pronunciation by myself? If you have trouble hearing that you're making uh pronunciation mistakes, you do need to get coaching from a tutor, a private tutor or your friends. That's really the only way. Some people have the ability to hear their own mistakes and for some people, it can be a little bit challenging. So, that's what I would recommend, Bryce, for sure. Uh let's see. Julia, Natalia, question for Natalia Illusion. Did you try to, okay, good conversations happening. Brent says, American cousin, I like that. I just did a DNA test. We might be related. I'll let you know. I have my ancestry kit here, Brent, and I haven't sent it away. I've had it for months. I should do that sometime. Um okay, I'm gonna let the chat roll now and I'm gonna finish off some questions from the form. Hopefully, we get through. Um Let me just check something for a second. Um sorry to do this people. Just sometimes my computer um oh now you can see me pull my earbuds out. Yeah, sorry for the quiet. Okay. So, let's go to the next question. Everything's fine by the way. Just sometimes things pop up on the you all use computers, right? Sometimes things pop up on the screen and you just don't know what they mean. Uh Ilya says, "Hi Bob, how do you know how to make a flap T or a sound flap T in English in words such as better, Canadian and water?" Well, as Canadians or sorry, as English speakers, we don't actually think about it. We just do it, okay? Um and I do say better sometimes with a hard T when I want to make a point. I'll say you need to do this better, okay? But 99% of the time, I say better and 99% of the time, I say water. And Canadian just doesn't have a T in it. So, that's a little easier. But yes, we say better. We say water. Water and better sound a lot like ladder even though ladder has D's in it. So, that's basically how we do that. Uh let me get to the next question. Sagar from India says, hi, teacher Bob. How are you doing? I'm good. Please, could you pronounce the word pomegranate? Please, at least twice. 
So, pomegranate, when I first saw this word when I was a kid, I said it completely wrong but we say pomegranate. Um a pomegranate is a type of fruit. Um we can buy them in Canada but uh they can be hard to find sometimes. Uh let's see here. Next question, Amange says, hi, great teacher. How are you doing? I have a question. If you can explain it, what is the meaning of foul play? So, that means there has been a crime committed. Sometimes the police will go somewhere and they'll say there was evidence of foul play. That usually means there was evidence that people fought with each other or hurt each other in some way or that something illegal happened. You'll hear it on a police. If you watch police television shows, uh you'll hear them. You'll hear that quite a bit. They'll say, Um, Well, we went to the crime scene and there was a lot of evidence of foul play. That means they could tell that a crime was committed. Let's see here. Um, I'm gonna skip the next one because it's a grammar question and a pretty tough one. Um, And let's do this one. Ahmad says, hi, teacher. Would you give us some advice to ESL teaching online for kids, please? So, for kids, I would do this. Um, If you want kids to learn online, I really like Duolingo as a learning app. It's a great app for learning English if it's available for you. Um I do really like um Peppa Pig like I mentioned earlier. So, if you can find English episodes of Peppa Pig, very, very helpful. Um and I wouldn't actually do a lot of online training for them. Um you can uh though if you wanted another online idea, you can find private tutors who specialize in teaching children. Um where they go to you know two or three children go to a Zoom class with one English teacher. That might be something Ahmad that you could try as well. Um let's see here. Next question from Ario. Hi, Ario. Hello, Mr. Bob. Do you know SpongeBob Camp Coral? The series has been available on Paramount Plus. Little correction there. Paramount. M-O-U-N-T. I can't watch it. So sad. Would you like to watch it? Thank you. I am not a huge SpongeBob fan. I think SpongeBob is very funny but in my house, a lot of SpongeBob was watched at a certain point in my life. Um we actually went on a vacation once and my kids watched a lot of SpongeBob while we were on vacation. So, in English, we would say this. I've had my fill of SpongeBob. It means I I still like SpongeBob but I've seen too many SpongeBob episodes at this point, I think. Uh let me get to the next question. Um from Mary Kay. Hi, teacher Bob. My question is what is the what is the difference between the words accept, admit and acknowledge? So, when you accept something, it means that you believe it's true. You know, if someone said to me, um you know, you just need to accept the fact that you're getting older. It means I just need to believe that people get older and it's also happening to me. I just need to accept it. Okay. When you need to admit or acknowledge something, it's slightly different, okay? If you do something wrong, sometimes you have to admit that you did something wrong. Sometimes you need to acknowledge that you did something wrong. Sometimes people say things and it's not a nice thing to say and they don't realize that they said something mean and so they need to admit that they said something mean and they need to acknowledge it and then usually they apologize. So, Tricky Mary. They are they are somewhat related but they're also slightly different. Um let's see here. Rodrigo says, I'm from Brazil and I'm a big fan of you, Bob. Thanks, Rodrigo. Um when will you come to visit us in Brazil? I don't know. I have to visit France and England and Holland first <laughs> and the pandemic has to end, Rodrigo. Uh but someday um maybe when I'm semi-retired or retired, I will travel more and um we'll see how that goes. Um Next question from Arena. Hi, Bob. What's wrong with this sentence? There's no mistaking me and you and how to use if not more so. So, I don't see a a mistake in that sentence. There's no mistaking me and you. Um that would mean that you look like if you saw me at the airport, there'd be no mistaking that it was me, okay? You would know it's me because I'd be wearing a blue plaid shirt uh and I would look like Bob the Canadian. So, um I I would use that phrase. It means the two people look uh quite this they're quite easy to know that it's that person. I don't know if that made sense. Sorry, Irina. Uh if not more so. Oh, so you need to work hard if not more so to move from the intermediate to advanced level. So, what I'm saying is you need to work this quantity 
if not more, okay? So, it's just kind of a funny way to say it. Uh Lizbeth says, what's the difference between I do cook and I cook? Thanks. So, it's a different of difference of emphasis. If someone said, Bob, do you cook? I could say, yeah, I cook or I could say, yeah, I do cook. They mean the same thing. When you add do, you're emphasizing a little more. It's kind of a little stronger. Sometimes we use the I do version when someone doesn't think we're good at something. If someone says, oh, Bob doesn't cook, I could say, I do cook. Okay? So, it's a little stronger. You can see I looked a little angry when I say that uh but they they definitely mean the same thing. Um hey, I wanna pause and say hi to the 617 people watching. If you're new here, I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. There's a subscribe button right there. I can never point. When did I try this? There's a subscribe button right there. If you click it, you'll get notified when I make new English lessons which I do about three times a week. Um I'm looking forward to making the next lesson for Tuesday. I think it will be fun. Um Hard learner says, which is better? Reading all day long or watching a TV series all day long? Um I would say neither. Am I allowed to say that? If I had a whole day, if I was learning English and I had a whole day to uh learn more English, I would split it into six parts and I would spend an hour watching TV, an hour reading, an hour writing about what I had just watched and read. I would spend an hour talking to someone in English if I could find someone Then I would spend an hour learning new vocabulary words and an hour studying grammar. Maybe not an hour studying grammar. Maybe half an hour but certainly I would want to figure out the grammar some grammar concepts I had seen earlier in the day. So, that's what I would say. Uh given a choice, if you could only do one, I would read all day certainly. Reading is I just love reading. I think it's a great way to learn a language. So, Sita says, Mr. Bob, it's always nice to be here with you. Thanks, Sita. Uh my question is, is it common? Is it a common saying for Canadians or Americans, I'm overloaded with work? Thanks. Yes, you could say I'm overloaded with work. You could say I'm overloaded at work. You can say I'm overwhelmed with work. I'm overwhelmed at work. You could say um I have too much on my plate. You could say I just have too much going on at work. Definitely. We definitely use overloaded. Um the first two weeks of the semester, I was definitely overloaded at work, okay? It was (laughs) I was overloaded at work means that when I was in the building doing my job, I felt like I had too much to do. I was overloaded at work but we also use work to talk about the thing we're doing. So, I could say I was overloaded with work. I had piles of papers and books that I had to look at and read and grade and everything like that. It was a lot of work. I was overloaded. Um Next question is from Katerina. Hello, dear teacher. Do do you celebrate International Women's Day in Canada? Yes, we do. If yes, tell me how. Um I wish spring blooming Sunday. I wish you a spring blooming Sunday weekend. Uh we do celebrate it but it's one of the holidays. It's similar to I'm trying to think here. Like we don't take the day off work. We do know that it's International Women's Day but it's more of a day where we purposefully think about how to make the world better in terms of equality. It's not a day where there's parties or where there's anything special happening but it's definitely a day where we spend time to recognize and think about inequality and how we can make things better. That's how I would describe it. Um let's see here. From Ricardo. Hello, teacher Bob. My question is, In Brazil, when we go to buy a house, we use the public notary to make the notarized documents and in Canada, what do you need to do? In Canada, you actually go through a real estate agent and you go through a lawyer in order to create all of the correct legal documents. So, um maybe a notary public might work but generally, I know when I bought my house, we went through a lawyer and we have lawyers that specialize in real estate. Real estate is the buying and selling of houses. Hey, I do wanna thank Random Videos for becoming a member. Thank you so much uh for joining the channel. You're awesome. Um and I'm going to just remind everybody of a couple things. One is uh yesterday, I did a lesson on learning. 
you can watch that lesson. It's available on my channel if you want but it will also come out as a shorter version uh in a few hours. Uh, I think in about 12 or 13 hours it will come out as a shorter version. Actually, maybe a little longer than that. Um and then I did want to mention that um sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> sorry, there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, I do have a second YouTube channel. I don't know if Todd or Dave can do the uh exclamation mark second in the chat and you'll have a link to that. Do check that out. It's for somewhat more advanced learners. I teach new phrases three days a week. Uh, maybe I'll find maybe I'll go here and do it myself. Let me see here. Maybe that'll make it pop up. Anyways, I just wanna thank Todd and Dave for moderating the chat. I do wanna thank uh Brent from American English with this guy. He has a live lesson starting pretty much right now if you wanna go and watch that. I'm finishing up here. Uh thanks to Rod for hanging out with us. Another English teacher as well. And thanks to all my members. Uh thanks to Siaxpab, to Julia, Julia Olis, Lolly Lolly, Daniel, the new member, Semra, uh Brent from American English with this guy, Natalia Belgrade, um Let me just scroll back and see lots of lots of people here. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this lesson up. Thank you for your questions. Sorry, I didn't get to all of them and I hope you all have a great day. Um by the way, you can watch this lesson again in a few days and it will have auto-generated English subtitles. Sometimes that. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me, in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.